All right, I want you to take out your notebooks and turn them over for as we do each Thursday morning. And we're going to look at our wellspring purpose, and then we're going to go over the disciplines. So the purpose in our meeting together on Thursday mornings is to equip and encourage the women of Grace Bible Church to shepherd our hearts toward Jesus Christ with the word of God so that we live out gospel-transformed lives, thereby strengthening the church in its gospel purpose. Are you remembering that connection between shepherding your hearts and living gospel-transformed lives and how it affects the church? When we choose other things over shepherding, guarding, caring for our hearts, it doesn't only affect our own hearts. It affects others as well, as we're going to see in our lesson this morning. So let's stop and evaluate. How are you doing with the disciplines in light of our purpose as you remember your role in strengthening the church? Do you need to be encouraged? Do you need to be challenged? Do you need some spurring on? Do you need to be reminded yet once again of what your heart needs most? Discipline number one tells us that we're to shepherd our hearts with the word of God in order to meet with, to love, and worship, and fear, and become more faithful to the the God of the word. That starts by being consistently in the word. Is this becoming a natural part of your life? Do you wake up in the morning longing to be with the Lord? Do you look forward to that time with him whenever that fits into your day? If not, are you disciplining yourself to get into the word knowing the treasure that you'll find there? Are you shepherding your heart to him? What are you doing as you're reading God's word? Are you drawing near to God? to grow in your love and your worship of him. What about the rest of your day? Are you dwelling on, meditating on what you've read? Are you caring for your heart with the treasure that you that you found by your time with the Lord? Are you finding that the time spent with him is causing you to see your sin? Are you then quick to confess? And remember the sacrifice that Christ paid for that sin. Is it causing you to grow in your appreciation of the grace that he gives to us daily? Ladies, if we are not doing this, we will be like a dry well. We'll be women without much to offer others. How can we strengthen the church if we're not drawing from him? We can't. And so we must be in the word. And we must be purposeful as we are in the word. We must be caring for our hearts with the wonderful truths that we find in his word. Discipline two shows us that the next place that needs to be most impacted outside of our own hearts with the word of God and the and the God and with God himself is with those to whom we with whom we live. It's important that we remember that these are the relationships that we must care for first. That the time spent with the Lord overflows into the way that we live and care for those in our homes. And because of our time with the Lord, our hearts are prepared. Our thinking is in alignment with God's word. And Christ is seen in us in such a way that it impacts those in our households our husbands, our children, our roommates, our parents, our grandchildren. They ought to gain a sense that their home is a place that is centered on the gospel. And we all know that that doesn't just happen. That will occur only when we are thinking on the gospel and when we are purposeful in bringing it into our household relationships. It takes a choice, doesn't it, ladies? It's a choice. It's a purposeful choice. From there, discipline three flows. The woman who shepherds her heart 
and is faithful in caring for those in her own, in her home will also impact those in the church as well as those outside of the church. She will be impactful because she's been feasting on the word and because she's a woman who knows her God because that's her intention to grow in her knowledge of him as she reads his word. She will be impactful because she will bring love and grace and truth to them. It's important for us to be reminded of these things this morning and to keep them in view, especially as we look at our lesson. So I want you to turn to Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42 are, uh, is the passage that we're going to look at this morning. <clears throat> and as you turn there, I have some questions that I want to just have you think about. As you think about those that you care for in your home, maybe those that you care for outside of your home, do you ever feel that in your care for uh, that your care for others seem to involve endless preparations and tasks? Are you ever distracted by all of the demands and preparations required of you in caring for others? Do you ever feel alone? as you serve those God has called you to serve? Do you ever feel frustrated with the people that God has placed in your life to care for? And do you ever feel that no one really values or is sensitive to the many demands of your service? Again, whether inside your home or outside of it. Do you ever judge others around you when they seem to be oblivious to the many demands that are placed on you? And have you ever felt that your serving started out well, but at some point you lost sight of Jesus, the one whom you are ultimately serving? If so, then you will relate to Martha. And because it's so easy, I think, for all of us to relate to her, we need to hear Jesus' words to her this morning as he addresses both Martha and Mary. And so let's go ahead and look at our passage. Let me read it um, to start out with. Now as they were traveling along, he entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister called Mary, who was seated at the Lord's feet, listening to his words. But Martha was distracted with all her preparations, and she came up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone? Then tell her to help me. But the Lord answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered about so many things. But only one thing is necessary, for Mary has chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her. So as we look into the lives of these two women and think about Jesus' words to them, we will find that it is much to reveal to us about our own hearts and what it means to be a servant and what will distract us from God-honoring service. Now, I want to begin by looking at what this passage is not about because I think it will help us to clarify the intent of the passage and not minimize what it has to reveal about our own hearts. Okay, this passage is not about personality types. I don't know about you, but I've heard it taught that way many times. That is not the intent of the passage. The fact that Mary was sitting at Jesus' feet listening to his word does not mean that she was unwilling to serve. Jesus is not trying to teach us how to be balanced between Martha-type service and Mary-type solitude. And the point of this passage is not that we should be unconcerned with serving. Rather, in this passage, Jesus focuses on the choices we make. In verse 42, Jesus said that Mary had chosen the good part, and the implication there is that Martha had not. So let's look at the lives of of Mary and Martha, two sisters, Martha's the older, Mary's the younger. They have a brother, Lazarus, who later dies and is brought back to life by Jesus. We see that in John 11. 
And I know to many of us that this is a very familiar passage in Scripture. And so I pray that this morning you'll look at this passage with fresh eyes by looking carefully at the words that Jesus speaks to them. As we do, I think it will reveal much to us in relation to our Lord and regarding our own hearts. We'll find what it means to be a servant and what will distract us from God-honoring service. As we do, I think we'll gain new insight into Discipline 1 and its interconnectedness with Disciplines 2 and 3. Why we must never neglect bringing our hearts to the Word of God and remember His truths throughout our day. So as we look at the passage... I want you to to just look down and notice that there is no mention of servants in the passage. Okay, that would have been very common in most households in that day. But they're not spoken of here, implying that all of the household responsibilities fell to Martha and to Mary. So let's start with verse 38. In this verse, we see a heart to serve. Verse 38 Now, as they were traveling along, he, Jesus, entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. We see that Martha started out with good intentions. She welcomed Jesus into her home, perhaps for a meal or for the evening or possibly a place to stay while he was in that village. Many commentators believe that an invitation to Jesus would naturally include extending hospitality to the men who traveled with him. So this is no small thing that Martha is offering. And the idea of welcomed there means that she received Jesus into her home for the purpose of showing hospitality and kindness to him. This word communicates that she wanted to shower him with goodness and kindness as she meets his needs. This was a good desire. Yet, there is a great warning for us here. We can have the best of intentions to serve and extend kindness to those in our homes, to those that we, that we invite into our homes, but a good start does not guarantee a good outcome. We must not be deceived into thinking that good intentions are good enough because we all have the potential to undo our good intentions if we are not careful to watch over our hearts as we serve others. We must guard against that undoing by choosing the one thing that Jesus said is necessary. So let's now look at Mary and learn more about her choice. We see in Mary a heart engaged. Look at verse 39. She, Martha, had a sister called Mary, who was seated at the Lord's feet, listening to his word. Mary desired to be with Jesus. She was taking full advantage of the opportunity that she had to listen to him. She understood that the Son of God was a guest in her home. Now, as a woman, Mary had every cultural reason not to be seated at Jesus' feet, listening to him. She had every reason to be with Martha instead. See, a woman serving a rabbi in that day was not uncommon. But here, Mary is assuming and preferring the role of a disciple under a rabbi. That was unusual. And it helps us understand her strong desire to be with Jesus. Mary understood the priority and the privilege of being with Jesus. This was a woman who was shepherding her heart toward Jesus Christ in order to take in his words because they revealed more of him to her. She wanted Jesus. That takes purposeful choice. She chooses to be free from distractions, even the good distraction 
in order to choose the best. Mary understood that nearness to Jesus was her good. She was very intentional with her choice. And we must learn to be intentional in choosing to be near to Jesus as we take in his word and allow it to affect our hearts. This will happen when we, like Mary, understand the treasure that we find in knowing him. Now, let's compare this with Martha. We see it in verse 40, a heart distracted. The verse verse begins with, but Martha. Whenever we see the word but, we know that there's a contrast coming. Okay, we just saw Mary seated at the feet of Jesus. And it says, but Martha was distracted. To be distracted means to be drawn away. Martha had become overoccupied and too busy with her preparations. And the word distracted here is passive. It's a passive verb, meaning that she didn't fight against it. She just let it happen. Instead of keeping her focus where it seemed to be in verse 38, when she welcomed Jesus into her home to show kindness and to serve him, she allowed herself to be pulled away from Jesus. In addition, Jesus described Martha in verse 41 as worried and bothered. To be worried means to be anxious or troubled about something. It means to be overwrought, on edge, fretful. And the Greek word for, for bothered is turbazo. It's the same word from which we get our English word turbulent. Yeah, that's a pretty good word picture, isn't it? Mary is, tro- I'm, excuse me, Martha is troubled and all stirred up. She was visibly showing agitation. Worried shows that there's an inward uneasiness and bothered shows us an outward misunderstanding that led her to excessive activity. So there's something going on inside of her and it's, and it's spilling out into um, what can be seen, into uh, the, her outward actions. And what was it that had Martha so bothered and worried and distracted. Look at verse 40. But Martha was distracted with all her preparations. Now, it's really important that we understand that it was not wrong for Martha to serve Jesus. It's not wrong for us to serve those in our homes, those in our body, those in our neighborhood, Serving and working hard in service is good. In the early church, women are known for their service. Paul in Romans 16, 1 and 2 commends Phoebe, who was a servant and a helper in the church and also to Paul personally. Acts 16, 14 through 15 tells us that Lydia opened up her home and extended hospitality to Paul and, and to others in the church. In Luke 4.39, we find that immediately after Jesus healed Peter's mother-in-law, she got up and she waited on them. She served them. These women are not in any way rebuked for their service. Our passage is certainly not saying that we should neglect serving others, or extending kindness to others. In fact, look up just a few verses. Look at verse 33, just before this passage. You see what it is? It's the parable of the Good Samaritan, where Jesus had just taught that we need to love others by our actions, by serving our neighbor. Serving reflects the image of God. We were created to bear that image of Jesus as one who serves. Hard work was not Martha's problem. It's not our problem. That's not what spoils our service. What spoils Martha's excuse me, what spoiled Martha's service was a heart that was not anchored 
and steadied and fixed and riveted on Jesus and his words. Instead, we see a heart that was distracted and swept away from Jesus by much preparation. Look again at verse 40. It says, Martha was distracted by all her preparations. Literally, she was distracted by much service. Jesus said to her in verse 41, You are worried and bothered about so many things, meaning more than what was necessary. Martha put an exaggerated value on excessive service. She was distracted by all of the things that she thought she needed to get done. I think we all know that we can miss the heart of serving our families and others by being lazy. But we can also miss the right heart of service by being distracted and being deceived into thinking that we must do too much. When our hearts are swept away by our preparations and they are not centered on Jesus, that is when we lose our focus. That's what happened to Martha. She was totally distracted by her excessive service. And in doing so, she missed the one thing necessary. She missed the good part. She missed the opportunity to learn from the one that she was trying to serve. And we, like Martha, may very well become distracted and worried and bothered by an inaccurate view of what we think we need to do. But that's not all that we can get carried away with, right? Let's stop for a second and ask ourselves, when are we most prone to become distracted and worried as Martha was? Is it when we're trying to please men rather than God? That could have been a temptation for Martha, right? being concerned about what people thought of her servant of her service Proverbs 29:25 calls that the fear of man and it's and it says that the fear of man brings a snare it easily ensnares us into the same kind of turmoil that we see in Martha we can become prone to distraction when we are wanting to serve ourselves in any situation When we want things done our way and we want everyone else to be as committed to our agenda as we are, we're susceptible to becoming excessively concerned with what others are doing or not doing, maybe to the point of judging them or becoming embittered toward them when we are not fixing our eyes on our Savior and the privilege of knowing and serving him. We must guard against becoming more concerned with what we get done than how we get it done. And we must guard against the temptation to use um, intimidation or manipulation or maybe nagging because getting something done becomes more important than being like Christ in that moment. Ladies, if we desire to grow in grace and to grow in holiness of life, we must be on our guard so that we are not carried away by the things that take our eyes off of Jesus. When we don't guard our hearts and we allow ourselves to to become distracted and swept away, that is when we miss out on what Jesus calls the good part When we do, rather than displaying our love for Jesus, our service becomes a display of misplaced priorities. It becomes a burden. Again, hard work is not wrong. Having a heart that is swept away from the one we are ultimately serving, that is terribly wrong. So let's think. Whose choice was this, this distracted and worried and bothered heart? 
There's no one that Martha can blame but herself. By not fighting against it, she chose to become distracted. And ladies, we have that same choice. We must realize that when our hearts hold weakly to Christ, it is because we choose it to be this way. Martha chose to have a distracted and worried and bothered heart. And it didn't stay confined within Martha. Her sinful distraction bore bitter fruit. And if our heart is in the wrong place, it will soon bear bitter fruit as well. Let's look further at verse 40. But Martha was distracted with all her preparations, and she came up to him. Martha came up to Jesus. That term implies that there is this sudden suspension of feverish activity when she saw her sister just sitting there. Martha, at this point, is exasperated. And the passage implies that she felt justified in her annoyance. And so, in her outburst of anger, Martha interrupted Jesus' teaching. And what was on Martha's mind that was so important? Let's finish reading the verse. But Martha was distracted with all her preparations, and she came up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone? Then tell her to help me. Mary, excuse me, Martha is looking for someone to blame. That's the bitter fruit that we see. First, she finds fault with Jesus. Listen to her words again. Lord, do you not care? She accuses Jesus of being insensitive. Now think about that. Jesus, who was on his way to Jerusalem, who had his face resolutely set on the cross to die, and in her self-focus, Martha asked him, don't you care? In other words, you care about Mary, but what about me? So then she's accusing him of partiality. And Martha didn't stop with blaming Jesus. She also reproached Mary for abandoning her when she said, my sister has left me to do all the serving alone. See, it's evident by her actions that Martha's heart was not anchored to be near to Jesus. Rather, she allowed herself to become distracted by all of her preparations. And at this point, Martha couldn't even evaluate her own heart. She was completely blind to her own sin. All she could see was what she thought was wrong outside of her. Ever been in that place? I know I have. Do you see what we are all capable of? It would be easy for us to think, I can't believe that Martha thought so highly of her own agenda. But the truth is, I do. We do. Do you see the sin that we so easily fall into when we neglect to shepherd our hearts toward Jesus continually? We can easily allow ourselves to become distracted and carried away and stirred up in our minds, in our emotions, by our our excessive expectations of what we think needs to get done and what we expect others to do. And when we do, we sin right in the middle of our service. It's easy to fall into the temptation to look outside of ourselves to look for excuses, and even to assume that we know others' motives and make accusations, even toward God. We see this same accusation in Mark 4. Verses 35 and 36 tell us that it was evening and it was getting dark. And Jesus had just gotten into the boat with his disciples, and a big storm came, and the boat began uh, to fill up with water, And the disciples were frightened. And do you remember where we find Jesus? 
asleep, his disciples woke him up with this question. Teacher, do you not care that we're perishing? And after he calmed the storm, he asked them, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? What was their accusation? Teacher, don't you care? How quickly we can draw wrong conclusions about God based on our circumstances, can't we? This accusation revealed the disciples' heart, just as it revealed Martha's heart, and often it reveals our hearts. There is a great warning for us here. Our hearts can so easily become self-centered, so self-focused, focused on ourselves at the very moment when we need to be focusing on and trusting in Jesus. It shows us how critical it is for us to be soaking in his word so that we don't forget him throughout our day, so that our thoughts, our responses, our hearts reflect what is true about him. Look again at verse 40 when Martha said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone? Do you see how Martha had become very self-centered at this point? She was concerned that she had been left alone in her excessive service. From Martha's self-centered perspective, Mary had deserted her. Now don't miss what Martha reveals here. When she said to Jesus, don't you care that my sister has left me? See, she just acknowledged that Mary had been serving. But Mary, unlike Martha, knew what part of serving was necessary and then was willing to stop so that she could choose to focus on Jesus. Mary understood the right priorities. She had prepared what was necessary, but then she left her service in order to listen to Jesus' teaching. But meanwhile, Martha felt entitled to Mary's help. She had become so self-focused at this point that she couldn't see that Mary had left for a good reason, for the right reason. And so we see her bossiness again in verse 40. When she said to Jesus, then tell her to help me, she told Jesus what to do. Martha wanted her sister to help her bear her unnecessary burden so much that she demanded that Jesus tell Mary to help her. One commentator says that Martha took a stance over Jesus at this point, forgetting who she was and to whom she was speaking. She forgot that she was his servant and that he was her master. At this point, Martha had become convinced that Mary should serve her rather than be with Jesus. Oh, do you see the pride in that? She thought she knew what was best for everyone. And just like Martha, our sinful pride can make us susceptible to judgment and to all kinds of evil, evil, to anger, to resentment, jealousy, distrust, a critical spirit, and unkindness. It's so easy for us to get caught up in our own whirlwind of things to do that we forget who we are, slaves of Jesus. We forget how needy we are of him, that it's his strength and his word which will help us persevere in our service and that gives us the wisdom to know what is truly important. Being with Jesus shapes our heart attitude so that we are willing to acknowledge and repent of our pride and put aside the things that are not necessary 
so that our service brings honor to him. Let's look at one last bitter fruit that we see in Martha's sinfully distracted heart. We see it in Jesus' words in verse 42. I want to begin by reading in verse 41. But the Lord answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered about so many things, but only one thing is necessary. For Mary has chosen the good part which shall not be taken away from her. When Jesus said that which shall not be taken away from her, he revealed something very disturbing that was going on inside of Martha. Martha was so bitter over Mary's choice that she wanted to take away from Mary what she found in drawing near to Jesus. Martha was deceived into thinking that her distracted service was most important. And she began to despise her sister's wholehearted eagerness to receive instruction from Jesus. Again, we, just like Martha, our service is not pleasing to the Lord when we are focused on ourselves rather than focused on him. Jesus knew that Martha's heart was not right. There is nothing good in Martha's anxious and troubled agitation. Now, I don't think there is any doubt that Martha loved Jesus. But she... But... Sorry. Um, But she was blind to her own sin the sin that was in her own heart at this point. Her misguided idea of what it meant to serve Jesus had to be exposed so that she could repent of it. And Jesus is faithful to do that. So let's look at what Jesus said to Martha to expose her sinful heart. We see it in verses 41 and 42, a heart set right. But the Lord answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered about so many things, but only one thing is necessary. For Mary has chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her. The searcher of hearts knew what was in Martha's heart. It was obvious by her words and her actions that she was outwardly upset. But Jesus also knew what was going on inside of Martha. And so, like a tender parent, Jesus exposed Martha's sin and gave her the gentle rebuke that she needed. Martha, Martha. The repetition of Martha's name by Jesus reveals marked disapproval, to be sure, but it's intended to bring her back gently. There is a sense of tender affection and grace in Jesus' concern for Martha, because she was missing out on what was most important. Jesus helped her to understand that she had exaggerated the necessity of her activities. Proverbs 27.6 tells us, Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Jesus' words are the balm that Martha needed. She needed to see that her heart was distracted and worried and bothered. She needed to see that she was unwilling to look within her own heart to see her sin. That she was looking only outside of herself and making an inaccurate diagnosis of what she sensed was wrong with all of those around her. Whenever we criticize others and pity ourselves because we feel overworked, we had better stop and take time to examine our hearts. Perhaps in our busyness, we have been ignoring the Lord. Martha's problem was not that she had too much work to do, but rather her problem was that she allowed her work to distract her and pull her away from Jesus. If serving Christ makes us difficult to live with, then there is something terribly wrong with our service. There's something terribly wrong with our hearts. 
Jesus knew that Martha needed to understand that her motive in serving at this point was not pure. Who was the focal point of Martha's service? She was. Therefore, Jesus was not honored by Martha's service, and he had no intention of defending it. Jesus knew what Martha needed. He knew that there was only one thing. One thing. It was what Mary chose to sit at the feet of Jesus and to learn from him. And we must choose to feast on his word and not allow our hearts to wander into excessive service. Now, did Martha heed Jesus' loving yet firm rebuke? We don't really know exactly. But it's interesting that in John 12, 2, just six days before Jesus would be hanging on the cross, we find, Jesus, we find Martha in Bethany. I'm sorry, we find Jesus in Bethany once again, eating supper. And it says, Martha was serving. That's all it says. This time, there's no rebuke. There's no account of her interrupting Jesus. Just serving him. And so I think there's reason to at least hope that Martha's heart attitude had changed. And that gives me hope too. All right, let's now look at verse 42 and look at Mary. We're going to see here a heart that feasts. The rest of Jesus' response commends Mary's choice. He said, but only one thing is necessary, for Mary has chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her. She had chosen the one thing that mattered, to sit and to be with Jesus. She chose the good part. And we, too, must discipline ourselves to that. It is a choice that we make. It doesn't say that she did it because she felt like it, but that she chose it. And if we are to choose what Jesus said is the good part, we have to plan for it. It's a commitment of time and effort. If we are to have the one thing that is necessary, then we may have to reevaluate our schedules and our priorities and make changes wherever we need to that are necessary so that we have room in our schedules for this choice. Have you ever noticed that we don't have to plan for our hearts to drift? That just happens, doesn't it? But we do have to plan to meet with Jesus in his word. We don't have to plan for self-importance, do we? That would just pull us away from Jesus in his word. But we do have to plan for Jesus' importance to increase in our lives. Do you see the important lesson in this for us? As his servants, we must be very wise with our time in order to get our hearts ready to serve others by taking in his word, by being near to our Savior, so that we can enter into that service with a heart that is refreshed and prepared to serve, relying on God's grace, with a service that's honoring to him. What we do with our hearts every morning and throughout our day, coming before God with a humble heart, will make more of an impact on our service, in our homes, in our small groups, in Sunday service, in our school, in our job, than anything else that we might do. In a sermon that Spurgeon gave on this passage, he said, you are not losing time while you are feeding your soul. Wow, we need that perspective, don't we? Martha was interested in accomplishing, while Mary was interested in a person. She was consumed with Christ, and so she chose to feast on his words. Mary saw Jesus for who he was. Therefore, she disciplined herself to make the choice to be near her portion. Cammie, I didn't know you were going to sing this this morning. 
Psalm 73:26 says, "My heart, excuse me, my flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever." To be close to God and to have him as one's portion is to have a heart that is teachable and eager to learn. We see that single-mindedness in Mary. We sense her wholehearted love for her Savior, that nothing will tear her away from him. Mary chose what would benefit her heart and what would ultimately benefit those around her. When we, like Mary, choose this treasure, we will never be disappointed. That is a treasure that will never be taken away from us. And how do we know that? We have the privilege of being able to look back on the cross and all that Jesus accomplished there. And we need to remember that in light of this passage. Listen to all that we have been warned against. We've been warned that good intentions don't guarantee a good outcome. We've seen that we can easily allow our hearts to become distracted and anxious and bothered when we are not attentive to constantly shepherd them back to Jesus. We saw that we can easily misjudge what is actually necessary in our service and that when we do, we can easily allow that to lead us down to sinful distraction so that we miss the very one that we are serving. And we saw that we can allow other things to distract us from being fixed on Jesus, the fear of man or selfishness or misplaced priorities. We were warned that if we find our hearts carried away like Martha's was, that it is because of our own choice to hold weakly to Christ. And we also saw that a sinfully distracted heart bears bitter fruit, blaming, being self-centered, bossiness, and bitterness, all the while being blind to the very dangerous place in which our our heart has wandered. We can so easily sin against those that we are closest to, right? and right in the middle of our trying to serve them. And so we need to take this seriously. We need to repent where God exposes sin. And remember that in the midst of conviction, we can find encouragement. We always must remember that we have hope. Jesus knew that we would be women just like Martha, who needed to be cleansed and forgiven and made new in him. And he died and he rose again for us. And we need to remember that there is no condemnation for those of us who are in Christ Jesus. We see that in how gently Jesus restored Martha. Jesus told Martha that she was worried and bothered about so many things. And you and I get worried and bothered about so many things. But we know that Christ died for our sinfully worried and bothered hearts. If we are in Christ, we are no longer slaves to sinful worry and distraction and all of its bitter fruit. But we are slaves to Christ. And so even when we find that we have become distracted, we can flee right back to our master, Jesus. And we can cry out and confess to him how much we need him. And he will be faithful to reorder our priorities and our hearts. I want to end with this quote from Ryle's commentary on Luke. He wrote, Mary chose what was for the benefit of her soul. She was seeking more grace She was striving after closer communion with God and his Christ. That this was the portion which she preferred to everything else and to which she was willing for a time to postpone all earthly care. I want to read that part again. 
This was the portion which she preferred to everything else and to which she was willing for a time to postpone all earthly care. Those who seek such a portion will never be disappointed. Their treasure will never be taken from them. Now you'll find a page of questions at the end of your outline. These are for your own evaluation. You don't need to turn them in. But I encourage you as we enter into this very busy season, this time of year, to take it out and to evaluate your own hearts as you prepare to serve others and that you would remember that if you do get carried away into excessive service, that Jesus is already there. He's waiting for you to shepherd your heart back to him. So let me pray, and then Cammie's going to come up, and uh, we're going to sing one more song together. Oh, Father, I, I know that I can be just like Martha. I am easily distracted by so many things that I think I need to get done. And maybe others here struggle with that as well. And so I pray that we would recognize when our hearts have wandered into unnecessary, sinful distraction so that we can repent and we can run back to you. Thank you that when we choose to allow our hearts to wander, we can run back to you, knowing that Jesus died for our sinful, worried, and bothered hearts. And that when we confess, we will always find forgiveness in you. Help us to remember what you tell us is the one thing necessary. Father, I pray that we, like Mary, would find the treasure in sitting at your feet and learning from you for the benefit of our own hearts as well as the benefit for those that we serve. Father, thank you that you have given us new hearts that are capable of serving you in a way that brings you honor and glory. God, that's our desire. But we acknowledge how much we need you. And so we ask for your help as we're in this season and continually we want to serve others well. Father, would you help us to do that? Would you help us to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith? We pray this in his name. Amen.